When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Well, I don't mind sleeping alone. There you go, Ty, a little Lucas Nelson. Promise of the Real, part of that rodeo lineup that we announced exclusively last hour. It came out, and we got to help announce the uh, two weeks of concerts, including Lucas Nelson. First week, William Clark Green is the first one on the 9th of March. Lucas Nelson is a part of that. Uh, some big acts. We're going to talk to the CEO of uh, Rodeo Austin coming up. Talk about the plan that's coming and when everything gets going. Starts with that. Uh, starts with that uh, barbecue cook-off, which is Ooh, always a blast. Yeah, it's always a good one. It's Ooh. fantastic. And you can get out there and eat your weight in barbecue. Mm. Oh. Well, supporting a good cause, and it's uh, such a good time. Hopefully, the weather oh, fantastic. is good. The weather right now is a challenge. It is the Arctic blast of 2024. That's all right. Just uh, bundle up. It's not dangerous. It's not treacherous on the roads. Now, I did hear Don Miller talk about how traffic is picking up. Uh, we, we told you at the beginning of the show there are a number of school districts that were on a, a two-hour delay. Mm-hmm. So they weren't going to school at the normal time. So now it's not surprising that between 9 and 10, traffic will pick up and the incidents will pick up because AISD and Eanes and Round Rock and so many of the schools that uh, went two-hour delay – are now on the roads and the buses are out and they're picking up kids and that kind of stuff. So traffic is going to, you know, Ray, we want a lot of traffic between 6 in the morning and 8 o'clock, but that's going to obviously change between 9 and 10, and now it's 10 o'clock. So that stands to reason. I would also say that the, uh, like, uh, my, my, my wife works for Dripping Springs. They were going to be a two-hour delay, but they've got a couple of schools without any water. Like, their mm. pipes froze. Oh, yeah. So they got to fix that <laughs> before they can go back. And guess what? It's not going to get above freezing much at all today. So... Uh, that's the way that goes. So, yes, we're dealing with that. City of Blanco, it says, without water due to a leak. Uh, boil water notices throughout the hill country. Mm. So keep an eye on that. Burst, busted pipes. Burst busted pipes. Busted pipes. Frozen pipes. Yeah, it's yeah. A, I mean, this is obviously much better than dealing with the precipitation and the ice and all the things we've dealt with. But it's cold. And it's yeah, still. And then uh, our, homes, cold. our homes in Texas just aren't uh, weatherized and winterized and properly. Buildings and and they don't build them that way. They, they build houses like that up north, you know, with insulating the pipes and stuff naturally. They don't do it that heat out. Well, and I would say this because I've seen some of this online about you know kids can't go to school because it's cold. Listen, if you don't know what school districts these days, they're building portables, Ron, where they've got kids doing going to class in portables. Those things are not insulated very well. No. I mean, they have heat, but they're cold. They're cold, man. I mean, that's not a great learning environment when it's 18 degrees and you're mm-hmm. in a portable. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just not ideal. And so, yes, I mean, for a couple of days while it's freezing – let yeah. stay home. It'll be like 68 in two days. Yes. Let's say like 68 on Thursday. Thursdays will be 68. And they'll make up the days. They're going to have to go back, and they can't not take the, do the days of school. That's yeah. just the way that goes. But uh, we'll keep you posted as it happens. And, um, you know, it's it's much better than it could be as far as precipitation and ice and those kind of things. But we will certainly uh, keep you up to date. We're also talking all the games. The uh, final eight are set, the final four in each conference. The uh, division playoffs are here after last night's and yesterday's, you know, Finishing up games, a doubleheader. Uh, Eagles collapse is complete. 
And the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield are advancing pretty awesome to play uh, Jared Goff and the Lions. Also yesterday, the Bills had to shovel themselves out of the blizzard, and they went ahead and beat the Steelers. A um, lot of cool story, interesting storylines here, Rod. The game teams that are games that are going to happen, and then the teams that aren't playing now report that uh, from the Falcons. The Bill Belichick has interviewed with the Falcons. Nice. Talk about that coming up. Uh, Chargers talking to Jim Harbaugh apparently. And, yeah, what happens with Nick Sirianni? That team completely collapsed. Did that team quit on him? Uh, you got the Mike Tomlin situation where after Pittsburgh lost 31-17, he walked out of a press conference, asked a question about his future, and didn't even wait for the answer, the question to be finished. I was going to say, he, he, got took off. Half to, he didn't even know what the question was. <laughs> yeah, he heard his, contra his future contract. He was gone. Yeah, that was it. She was like, yeah, when you left on your contract, and by the time she got to contract, the end of it, he was off the stage. Yeah, and then there's – It did not come back. And then there's <laughs> the question of what happens in Dallas after a complete no-show performance by Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. Jerry Jones has been very quiet. And uh, as we told you earlier, according to the fan, 105.3, the fan in Dallas, the flagship station, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones will not be appearing for their weekly radio conversations with uh, those folks. So – might not hear much out of Dallas until they make some hard decisions on what the future of that situation looks like. So we'll follow it. But also we do know, uh, because we got to break the news earlier, but uh, the Rodeo Austin lineup is out for 2024, coming up starting March 9th. The Rodeo itself is uh, around the corner. The gala is in early February. And look who is on the line with us, the Vaqueros hotline. Uh, he is the CEO of the uh, of Rodeo Austin, uh, our friend Glenn, uh, Glenn Allen Phillips, who joins us. Glenn, how are you? Glenn Allen? I'm <clears throat> excellent. I'm doing really good, and we thank you all for helping us get the word out about our great rodeo and entertainment coming out. Absolutely. Are you surviving the uh, the Arctic blast, just bundling up everything good in your world? I learned a long time ago, you just layer more layers and more layers, and then uh, whenever you do start to get warm, you take one off. So it's cold out there, though. It certainly is. All right, well, very cool. Now, tell folks what's coming. This is a big deal. I mean, we were talking last hour. We just played some Lucas Nelson coming back from the top of the hour. Uh, William Clark Green. This is a great music lineup. Congratulations to you guys for booking uh, such a great run of shows starting March 9th. Well, thank you. Uh, we're excited about the lineup. Uh, that's on uh, rodeoaustin.com, and, and uh, we tried to get some variation of where we can make it all work within there, but with William Clark Green and Sawyer Brown and Gary Allen and Ashley McBride and Lucas Nelson, um, and then William Beckman, Jamie Johnson. You know, we think we have a really good lineup. We'll go the last week with Tracy Bird, Winona Judd, 38 Special, Jake Owen, and Flatland Calvary. So we think we have a good lineup, and we invite everybody to come out and see one of the top ten uh, pro rodeos uh, in the country. And uh, just a whole other form of sports and competition there when you have 170-pound uh, uh, guys going up against 1,400 because 1,800-pound bulls and horses. Hey, Glenn, um, you know, you got obviously uh, a lot of folks that are coming out to enjoy uh, the rodeo. You know, how long does it take you guys to organize the Austin Rodeo? Like, is this an all-year thing that it takes you to organize it and get every, all the details uh, together? Oh, yes. It's, uh, it's definitely a full year. Um, on some of the things that we work on, we actually start a little over a year in advance. Um, mm. And it's because, uh, you know, hopefully people will come out and, and have a great time. But we have, you know, 450,000 people or so coming out here. And so just trying to coordinate and get through parking and arrival and what entertainment we're going to do and how the grounds are going to lay out, what other types of attractions we can do. It's, it's definitely a year-long process. 
All right, Glenn Allen, for the uh, concerts, the tickets go on sale uh, Friday, I believe. You can give us the time on that or tell us when they do go on sale. Also, uh, give us the full rundown of the calendar. I know the rodeo, the barbecue cook-off is ahead of uh, the rodeo shows starting. What's the, what's the full calendar of events uh, beginning in February into March? You, you bet. You bet. Um, uh, to start with, yes, tickets go on sale Friday, uh, March 19th at 10 a.m. and go to rodeoaustin.com for that. But as uh, we start kicking off the uh, rodeo year, we begin with our gala uh, February 3rd at Palmer Event Center. Um, and that is uh, one of, you know, it's a fun, uh, entertaining uh, fundraiser that we do to, to try and help us raise as much money as we can to turn around and give it away in scholarships. Um, so that's February 3rd. Then on March 1st is our Cowboy Breakfast at the Long Center. That is free to anyone that wants to come out early that morning and uh We'll have a breakfast, and there'll be uh, trick ropers, petting zoo. Um, it's a, it's a fun time there at the Long Center, and then uh, also on March the first and second is Barbecue Austin, and Barbecue Austin has really grown and is just a great time. Um, we uh, have a sanctioned barbecue competition with over uh, 100 teams competing. Uh, we also have our carnival up and running, live music and bands in the majority of the tents. Uh, there's so many of these uh, uh, com- these teams that uh, come out to compete, and they throw on great concerts and have a great time for everybody. Um, and then we move right into uh, Rodeo Austin with uh, March the 8th, kick open the shoots, which is a rodeo. On, I mean, excuse me, a concert on the dirt uh, with the carnival. And then March 9th through the 23rd is Rodeo Austin in full swing. Hey, Glenn, can I ask you about the uh, – the, are there different categories in the, uh, the barbecue contest? We're talking about ribs and sausage, brisket. Oh, we break yeah. it down here? You bet. We have multiple car- – <laughs> excuse me there. We have multiple categories out there between uh, brisket and chicken and ribs and then even side contests like beans and, and uh, potato salads and just different types of side uh, competitions as well that aren't, meat, aren't targeted around a meat category. That is awesome. I've been out several times now, and it's amazing. You talk about one of the top ten rodeos in America now, and it, it, it's hard to describe to people, uh, Glenn Allen, when you, unless you get out to that, um, you know, barbecue, uh, barbecue Austin event. I mean, it is, it is just row after row of tent and barbecue. I mean, it is such a celebration of barbecue in Texas, and and you know the the, the cause, music. I mean, it, it really is. Until you get out and experience it, you're like, man, this is this is really happening. I got in for a ticket, and I'm getting to eat all this barbecue and see all this live music, and the extent to which these 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 uh, these vendors go and these partners of y'all's to to put on just a show on a um, for a couple of days is pretty awesome. Hey, uh, thank you, and, and and it really is. I mean, what better highlights Austin, Texas, than great barbecue? Great music, uh, fun, entertainment, you know, that, we just think that really showcases our community and, and uh, invite everybody out. It is awesome. That's the first couple of days of March is after the Cowboy Breakfast and then uh, Barbecue Austin. And then having been out there last year a couple times for the events, I mean, it is a real live, this is big time rodeo. Uh, and that's such an intimate environment at the uh, the Expo Center. I mean, it is, you're right on top of it to see some amazing barrel racing. You know, the bull riding, obviously, the highlight of Saddle Bronx. I mean, it's big time. And uh, the, the sight lines are great. It is so much fun and family fun when you're out there to see Rodeo Austin from the 9th through the 23rd. You bet. You bet it is. It, it is uh, uh, within the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, uh, the PRCA. There's over 700 rodeos across the United States and uh, in Canada. 
And to realize that Austin has one of the top 10 out of over 700 right here in our backyard, because it is intimate, uh, it's a great time to come out. Glenn Allen, we appreciate it, man. We look forward to it. Thanks for the partnership. I'll be at that Rodeo Austin Gala. Excited about that as a guest and can't wait for all the fun to come. Get through this Arctic blast and then we'll get ready for some rodeo, okay? Hey, sounds good. We thank you guys. All right, there you go. That's good stuff right there. It's such a good time. It's, it's become a, a market on the calendar time for me, Rod, because I uh, met some folks, um, our buddy Dale and his team that do the snake farm. Uh, mm -hmm. Casey Stuttered is always out there, the, the Rhino Brothers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it, but it's so much fun. I mean, it's just it's like it, it should be illegal to have this much fun because you're just <laughs> eating barbecue, you know, having some cocktails. Then, you know, they got cr music going on. It's just really a cool, yep. cool time. And if the weather's good, man, you can't beat it. Weather should be Good. It should be decent weather, right? Wear some comfortable shoes because you're going to walk a lot and you're uh, eat a yeah. lot. Well, just because, yeah, you're walking <laughs> around to all the different uh, different barbecue stands, tasting all the barbecue. It really, that is, that's obviously got to be one of the top uh, attractions, right? Just oh. the barbecue well, you got to pace yourself, Rod. you got to pace yourself. Um, I mean, you said 100-something teams? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, you'd be amazed. You just I mean, walk and walk. You, and how can you taste it all? You can't. You, gotta you can't. And they come out at different times. I mean, but then some of these folks will these put up these huge tents with good big stages. I mean, it is amazing what people will spend and the sponsorships that mm -hmm. come out of it. It's really a cool communal event. And then the rodeo itself is really a lot of fun. Our friend uh, Charlie Wilson is with us from Callahan's General Store. Uh, they're a big sponsor of the rodeo. And so okay. uh, we'll talk to Charlie about that and all the events that come on. But it's fun. It's a good time. Uh, I'm a, Knowing Ty, like I do, our producer, I'm assuming Ty has had some good times at the uh, – the barbecue go. Am I right about this there, Tony? The barbecue awesome? That. You um, and the food and the fun? My first time going. Actually, no, I've been twice. And I, I've only gone because I went as an intern when I worked here, and then I went with you last year. Uh, and we were trying to get some video content at the carnival, and I know it didn't work out. But uh, I had a good time. I met I met the guys at Snake Farm. You introduced me to them. They're, they're oh, nice. yeah. Daryl, yeah, yeah we'll be there. They're, that'll be, they're the best, man. It's just, and that's people. what you do. You just walk around. You meet all these great people, and they're giving you food and drinks. You're like, really? Okay, thanks. I know. Cool. Cool. Thank that's a lot. That's that's nice. Uh, but that's the whole thing. It's just a good time. So we're looking forward to it's that. Great time. And, and it's right by my house, too, so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you, you don't live far. Yeah. Oh, is it really? It's, okay. it's close-ish. It's like eight-minute drive. Northeast. Close yeah, close yeah. enough. All right, so there we go. So that's coming. That's uh, what we look forward to once we thaw out here from the <laughs> Arctic blast. Uh, Thawing uh, out with some BBQ. Although speaking, remember we used to do hmm. back in the day, Rod, when, before we got flooded out, we did the uh, the horn bash. And we yeah, did our right. own. And that's where I took the idea for the barbecue cook-off that we had. It was on oh, a much yeah. smaller scale. Yeah. But I was out there at Rodeo Austin and Barbecue Austin. I was like, man, we could do this. This is really cool. And when I talked to a bunch of our listeners who were part of it, like, well, we would do that. We'd put a, we'd put a team in into barbecue. Because I mean, the one we did for Horn Bash out of Buck's Backyard in Puta was not sanctioned. So anybody. Anybody so, back in the answer. Yeah, the first yeah. One or, winner was a guy who had never been in one. Yeah. And ended up winning the judging and one brisket or something. It's like, yeah, he, he just does it in his backyard. It's a hobby for him. That's pretty cool. And they would stay out all night. But I do remember we had to get judges. That was part mm -hmm. of the deal. And we remember we, we invited a bunch of former Longhorns. Quan yeah. Cosby came and Greg Swindell. And your, your buddy Ahmad Brooks came. Yeah. And Ahmad made the mistake because you're going to test. You're going to. Yeah, he ate too much on the first plate. <laughs> yeah, because he got there and it was like lunchtime <laughs> yeah. and he was hungry. Yep. And they gave him the first thing and everybody looked over and he'd eaten like an entire chicken breast. Yeah, he ate too much. And it was like, dude, you got like 30 or 40 of these plates. <laughs> So you just have to taste it and don't eat it. And he ate. 
And he was like, he was like, bro, you, yeah, he could. I think he got to like the fifth one. He's like, I can't eat anymore. Yeah, because he, <laughs> he stuffed himself on the first one. Yeah, and then everybody looked at him. I was like, dude, bro, bro, bro slow down, man. Slow down, man. You <laughs> got, you got like forty plates that you got to taste. Was here. like, man, I was starving. Yeah, hey, you know what? That's a good problem to have. But yeah, I do remember that actually. That was fun. That, that was, was a lot of fun. Because he did. Uh, we had a lot. Because oh, you had chicken, then you got to do brisket, brisket, then you got to do ribs. ribs. Oh, it was so good. And we had forty teams. You're tasting forty different. Oh, it was good, though. And then you break them in. It was good. It was Food was amazing. Uh, maybe one of these days. We'll yeah, bring I kind of missed that. No, you're right. And that makes me want to go on out there. I, I know. We had a good that. time at that. Now, if we, Mother Nature kind of got in the way um, on – couple of them. Yeah, that's all right. We almost killed some people. Stay out some So you got some good memories, though. <laughs> Didn't the Stay RV, like, memories. float down the river? Yeah, we had some yeah, Noah's Ark situations. I did. It just happened that, that the, the May weekend we did it turned out to be one of the great gully washer flood Blooded. events that, yeah. you know, yeah. Hayes County's there. had. Yeah, left the RV right there. And, and of course, when you do a barbecue cook-off, you got to stay out all night, right? You get, you start on a Friday and the So, yeah, you're right. Did it get muddy or something? Was it muddy? Oh, we had a mud. That was, yeah, it was the like logistics a, of that. It ended up being a mud pit because it rained like for one whole day almost, right? One of those days, it rained. Yeah, well, it had been raining during the week, and we are trying to, okay, what's yeah. the weather forecast going to look like? And so we're, we're doing it. And it gave us some pockets, some windows yeah, to looked, do it. Yeah, it looked okay, but then, but then that Friday night. It rained, yeah, I remember About that. 10 o'clock, oh. it opened up, or maybe not. Nine o'clock, and it Ooh. didn't stop raining until oh, the next morning. It flooded the whole area. Oh man, it, it, it was a it was a flood event, and yeah. we were happy to have a well. No, but they had to they had to take all the barbecue teams you know, yep. in real time and move them up. Yeah, because they we were, move, yeah, we were down right. on the low ground yeah. in Bucks backyard. We had to move them up to the parking lot. Oh, and then. You know, we we had all kinds of stories, man, from that. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, we did have because we had we had uh, borrowed a couple of RVs from a local RV company there. In yeah, because we were staying out on on site. Well, and we, they, one of the one of them was for storage. We had all of our contesting of mm-hmm. things and all of our prizes, oh, uh, all the stuff we were going to need oh. for the day of the event. And we, you know, that was almost like a lot, well, almost like a. a a storage oh, place man. where we could put them. There's a rolling storage, so we had all our stuff in there. Hmm. And yeah, we didn't move them in time, and they got taken they got down the washed. river. <laughs> yeah, washed down away. Onion Creek. Onion yeah. Creek. Right? Fla- did you learn the power of a flash flood though? Onion Creek. Because basically, it flooded. That creek filled up, and it just the power. It yeah. moved those damn RVs. It yeah. moved them for us. Oh man, down, <laughs> down like river. Miles, miles. Down river. Ended up in one. Of, it turns out, how about this? It ended up oh. one of our good sponsors' backyard oh, no. crashed. <laughs> Oh man! Fortunately, no one. But you yeah, know, nobody the, was hurt though. The show went on the next day, we, and it was, it, was a, it was a muddy mess, but yeah. it all went off because everybody was. And we had a lot of fans show up. It was a great event because we got a chance to meet a lot of Horns fans. I haven't actually met since. I, I mean, know we, we got, came out for that one event, and God bless you. It was I, great. I still kind of a lot of fun. You know, cuss it because it was going to be such a cool event. Turned out to be fine, but it would have been. We wanted to try to make it an so, annual because we had done it the year before yeah. and we improved upon it. And the year before was a blast. And oh. you know, hopefully, we we'll wish we could have kept growing that. And maybe one day yeah. we'll bring something back like yeah. it. But it was a complete copy and ripoff because they, you know, it's amazing. You get into the spring and the the, the barbecue cook-off season. I mean, I've learned about this because I got some buddies like Dale and the Snake Farm guys that They're do into this. It. Yeah, they do the rodeo. They do uh, uh, in Dripping Springs. They do. Uh, the huge barbecue cook-off for, what is it called? Um, you know, it's their... Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, hometown Days or whatever uh-huh. it's called, and they do one there. And doesn't Lockhart do one? Yeah, do they do yeah they're the all one over. There's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a track, so we jumped in on that and said yeah. we could do one. That'd be fun and make it easy, and, and uh, we, had a, we had a great turnout. And It was a great did. turnout. That was a really good event, though. I had a lot of fun that event. That was that was fun. Hopefully we can do that, that, was that good again fun. one of these days. There's somebody said, where is Ahmad Brooks? I haven't talked to Ahmad. What's Ahmad up to? I talked to Ahmad probably three months ago or something like that. He's doing well. He's here in Central Texas. He's, you know, he, he's 
doing really well. He's got a uh, family now, but he's just he's out of the uh, the public. He's out of the, the media public realm. realm. He used to be a public personality and be doing broadcasting, and of course he did Longhorn Network, and he was working for ESPN too. So he's just not doing any of that uh, media personality stuff anymore. But he's still doing really well. Yeah, man, Mod Brooks doing great. I was, you, you know this. You know Maji played with him there. Anything he wants to do, he'll do well. I mean, that's just kind of how his – And he'll uh, switch up his hustle out of nowhere. <laughs> like, I'll talk to Brooks, like, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to law school. I'm like, what? Like, what the hell? He just, he, he'll, he's a guy that's not afraid to change up his hustle yeah. at, at any time. And I, I really admire that about him. Like, he's, he's really brave in that respect. Like, he's courageous. Yeah. He's like, nah, I want to do this today, and I'm doing it. I'm going to do this now. And he'll just go do it. And he'll do it well. And he'll do it well. Like, he'll just uh, – nah, you know, I've, I've never really had that type of courage. Like, ah, you know what? I'm going to change up my hustle tomorrow. And Brooks will do it all the time. Great that's there. awesome. Yeah, we appreciate him. All the people that came out for that. Yeah, that's fun. A couple of years ago. Uh, all right, we're, we're we're now jonesing about barbecue. Everybody's getting hungry because we're talking about ribs and chicken and uh, and brisket. But uh, you know, it's almost lunchtime. Uh, we'll come back when we do. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain one more time. We'll also uh, get some what's popping. We're talking final eight of the NFL's playoffs. That is the divisional round playoffs. And the Cowboys aren't even to the divisional round. Wasn't the goal to get to the NFC championship game. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll revisit the conversation of what the Cowboys can do, should do, will do. Come back. Hook up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Yeah, it's a busy conversational Monday or Tuesday. Feels like a Monday for a lot of folks, and it's still damn cold, but the sun's out. That's right. Bright, sunny skies, but crisp temperatures right around 19 or 20 degrees. Uh, trying to piece through it all. The questions uh, are plenty for the Dallas Cowboys, and I think, as we've said earlier, on more questions than answers, because I don't think there are any easy answers for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I felt like last year when they lost to the Niners, it was okay. You know, we, we got to – Dak's got to play better, right? I mean, yeah. they, we know what they did. They, they, you know, almost admitted last year that they didn't have enough weapons. So yep. you know, the Amari Cooper thing was kind of an admitted mistake, and, and they didn't have enough when it came time. And I don't know that the, what the excuse is this year. I don't even know what the, uh, the conversation can be. And uh, I'll give credit to – Something we talked about earlier, but uh, Bob Sturm up in Dallas, he works for the Ticket in Dallas. He also writes for the Athletic. Uh, he he writes this, Rod, that uh, about Dak Prescott. Because look, the Cowboys have more problems than just their quarterback, but you can't yeah. ignore the quarterback problem, mm-hmm. right? They got bigger issues. But um, the, he, as Dan, Bob Sturm writes and and documents, it's the fourth 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 playoff game in his five starts where Dak Prescott has failed to even have 90 yards passing in the first half. Mm. So four of his five. And he, he points out that against the Rams in 2018 in the first half, he was 8 for 13, 87 yards. Cowboys were down 20 to 7 at the half. Against the Niners in 2021, he was 9 for 16, 89 yards. Dallas was down 16 to 7 at the half. Against the 49ers last year out in uh, San Francisco, 12 of 16 for 81 yards, two interceptions, and Dallas was down 9 to 6 at the half. They went on to lose. And then Sunday against Green Bay, even though his final numbers were over 400 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. We know that the game was settled in the first half. He was 13 of 21 for 87 yards and two interceptions, one a pick six, and Dallas was down 27 to mm-hmm. seven at the half, Rod. I mean, that's a, that's your franchise quarterback. It's the face of your franchise. He's been given elite money. And in the biggest games of the year, he's not giving you a chance to win the game, right? He's, he's 
you know, teams are scheming him and he's not figuring out the scheme. I mean, there's just a mm-hmm. – I mean, you know, the playoffs are such a microscope of your team. You talk about this all the time. Uh, this, these are the best teams. These are the best organizations. These are the best coaches. That's why they're in the playoffs. And they're going to expose your flaws. And, you know, it, you cannot – there's enough body of evidence, Rod, mm-hmm. that Dak Prescott is just not a good playoff quarterback. And that's a major problem. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. I mean, that's I think the numbers that you just laid out there uh, make it pretty evident that Dak plays some of his worst football um, in critical key moments, uh, especially in the postseason. And this is different play callers now, right? Kelly Moore is a part of that. Mike McCarthy is a part of that. Um, hey, I got to go back and check and see how far is that. Does that go back to his his, his rookie year? In 2016? Well, he beat the Seahawks. He won a playoff game. Right, because that go back to – but those stats, is that going no, back that, to – No, that goes to 2018. That's 2018, okay. Um, so that's just him and Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy. So, yeah, I mean, that's two different play callers, and Dak still underachieving in the playoffs. So their ultimate goal was to get the best out of Dak, which I think they did in the regular season, but that still doesn't matter when you don't get the best out of him in the postseason when it matters. So – I think you have a step, but it seems like one step forward, two steps back for the Cowboys. Yeah, this is the <laughs> this is the frustrating part, and it's the the there's no answer for it. That's a good one because you could you could almost understand Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones selling the hope of okay, we're building, we've we've stabilized the organization from the roller coaster of mm-hmm. Jason Garrett, where it was good, bad, good, bad, up season, down season, you know, twelve three straight twelve win seasons. I mean, a lot, and we're building guys, we're putting pieces, we're. Or we're, we're adding, and this was the offseason where they went and got Brandon Cooks, and they traded for Stephon Gilmore, and this is where had another good good draft. Uh, we're going in on this thing, and same result, yep. same result, and that's and the the results, and we all know it's a results business, and and you've got them win in January. Uh, you, you can't, so is it all Dak's fault? No, uh, by any stretch. We've had our conversation about it starts at the top with Jerry. Is it all Mike McCarthy's fault? No. Is it all Dan Quinn's fault? No. But what are the answers to any of these questions, Rod? Um, you know, d- as we've talked about, Mike McCarthy is so tied to the offense now and Dak Prescott. Dan Quinn is so tied to the defense. I don't know. I, I'm, I, you know, Normally I'll have a strong opinion of they should do this or should not do I don't know. I don't know what they do. I really don't know what Jerry Jones' next move is. Yeah, no, I, I really – like I said, it's, it's very complicated. You can decide to move from Mike McCarthy, but then you have to figure out how you're going to approach – the Dak-friendly offense and who you're going to bring in to bring out the best in Dak because he is your future quarterback. You have not approached the quarterback position um, with it, and with enough emphasis and, and, and prioritize it enough where you can move on from Dak Prescott. You just don't. I mean, Trey Lance is there, but you really don't have any options. Never going. So Dak is going to be there. You move on from Mike McCarthy, then you got to figure out the Dak problem. If you put Dan Quinn in that space because you fear you're going to lose Dan Quinn, you still got to solve the Dak problem because he hasn't even solved it either. You got to figure out who's going to be the play caller and the quarterback guru for Dak Prescott because Mike McCarthy did a good job for most of the year. Um, and if you, like you said, you keep Mike McCarthy around, I think you're going to lose Dan Quinn, and then you got to figure out who you're going to get to replace Dan Quinn and who's going to call the defense on a defense that has been constructed and built by Dan Quinn in a very detailed-oriented fashion. So if you call, get an ex, another D.C., he's got to pick up where Dan Quinn left off, or you've got to reconstruct the defense all over again. Yeah, with personnel, it's almost like... 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bringing a new college defensive coordinator with a yeah. new scheme. You got to recruit, recruit. You got to start a new scheme, and it's like, yeah. well, you don't want to do that. Well, and here's the, here's the conundrum with Dan Quinn is, you know, he, you're right, he may just be leaving to go to the, go to the Seahawks. But the last two Januaries when you lost to the Niners, his defense was by no means the fault, the problem. The defense was great. So, you know, the defense gave you every chance, and your offense couldn't go win it. Um, and so that was the argument to get rid of Kellen Moore, and we need more weapons. Um, now Dan Quinn's defense fell apart. Now, is that about personnel? If you have to play six DB packages because you don't have any linebackers, and so you're getting gouged in the run, and then Jordan yeah. Love plays a great game. You know, so I, I, I don't blame Dan Quinn as much because it, that was one really bad game. But he's, his defenses in the playoffs have given you chances to win games, right? They've played, they, they sure. played the Niners as well as anybody last year uh, in that game. It was 9-6 to six at the half. Their defense was fighting like hell against a very good 49ers team, and it was the offense that couldn't do anything. Um, so, you know, I, I, I guess the question is, because what do you got to sell? What are you going to sell if you're Jerry? You could sell rebuild, mm-hmm. tear it down. We just, you know, we're, we're, this is it. But you, can you also turn and pivot and sell stay the course? You can't sell that. Yeah, you can't sell that. I don't know what you sell, Rod. No, you can't sell state of course. You got to change something because you literally you regressed this year. Yeah, you made all those moves and you, you know, went all in in a, on, in a certain way and you regressed and lost in the wild card round, the division round. So you got to do something. We just don't know exactly. I don't have an answer. What that move is going to be because each one, if you, no matter what move you're going to make, it's going to present its own, uh, own unique challenges. Yeah. Whatever move you decide to make, then you're going to have more other problems you need to solve as a result of making that move. But a move must be made. Yeah, move you cannot go made. status quo here. We all agree. And by the way, your, your, that decision may be made for you because Dan Quinn may decide he's leaving. That may be the first domino to drop, and then you got to figure out defense anyway. And then you might as well examine the head coach question because you're going to bring in a defensive coordinator for that head coach right before you fire him, or are you just going to say, you know what, you're fired, and we're going to bring in a new head coach to hire his own people. What are we going to do here? And then you drill down to the, okay, we solved that problem, or at least we have an answer for it. Now what do we do with our quarterback problem? Because mm-hmm. we have one. Yeah. I don't think you can now deny whatever your, your opinion of Dak Prescott is. You can be the biggest fan of him in the regular season as you want, but his January performance speaks for itself. You don't even – you just got – you mean, there's nothing else to say. Nothing and, else to say. And this team, this game, nothing, nothing highlighted like this game mm-hmm. because this was not a great Green Bay defense. This was a, a, a gettable Green Bay defense that their numbers were not great. I mean, this is not the Niners that you're going up against. You could argue in past Januaries that the Niners are one of the best 2-3 defenses in the, in the league and they're hard to beat and – they're really well. This is the Packers. They're nine. They were nine and eighteen, right? I mean, they're they're just okay, uh, but yet they shut you down for the first half and before a touchdown. Just as the half expired, was why you weren't down twenty-seven to nothing uh, in this game. That's that's a problem. And so now you have a quarterback problem. I don't know the answer to that either. For everything you've addressed about how they haven't been proactive with their quarterbacks. I mean, look, there's a, there's an argument to be made that Jerry Jones could say, you know what, we're we're ripping this thing down and we're going to build around Trey Lance. You know, we're, I don't think he's going to do that. Mm-mm. But no it, way. I mean, it, no way, because he's trying to sell tickets. You know, no, I know. Tough to sell, like you say, he's trying to look for something to sell. But because we haven't even gotten into in this conversation about the cap problems that they're in, because they have they're already over the cap, 
They got to pay Dak. They got to pay CD. They got to pay Micah. They got a bunch of free agents that they probably won't be able to retain, like uh, Tyron Smith and gotta Tyler Biotish. You got to pay Deron Bland, so don't forget him. He's yeah. going to get some big Deron money. Deron Bland's an all-pro. All-pro. This is a problem. This is this is a problem yeah. without an answer for me. I well, mean, Deron Bland still got a few more years where he gets paid. He going to want money. Well, yeah, but the sooner we all agree, the sooner you pay these guys, the better, because you don't want them, you know, what you did with Dak, you waited to pay Dak, and you probably could have saved yourself about 5 to $8 million per Dak, year. I've waited on Deron. I, I think he might be a little bit of fool's gold. I, I, well, I'm just okay. telling you, I just know how this works. Right. His agent he got toasted for a majority yeah, of the season. He was an all-pro, though. <laughs> I know, I know. You're, 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 think, about, think about your tie, tie. Think, tie. Think about think about how impractical your take is. He's a first team All Pro, and you're talking about how he got toasted. That was just so you're basically saying six. all. The but you're basically six. saying, well, but that, that's part of his performance. Though. I know. I know. You can't but take you that out him, of his game. You watched all these games too. He got he got destroyed in some of these games. Like at, he did. What, but what happened to the other DBs? Did they get destroyed in games too? Yeah. The ones who didn't make All Pro. What do you mean? You just watched him got cooked by the, the Packers. Okay, okay. You didn't watch him get cooked by uh, the yes, Packers? Well, yes. you watched a different game? No, he, <laughs> did, he did not get cooked as consistently as Ron. I felt like the last five games of the year, he was he was constantly on the ropes. Yes, yes. Yeah, but that was his, this is his first year as a breakout candidate guy. He was just like a rookie two years ago. Well, let's just say this. They're, he's gonna, Man, you're a harsh critic, Ty. I'll say right there. Dude, you're criticizing an all-pro right now and talking about how it's hard, he's a It's hard to, for me to say this team does anything well right now. And I'm I sorry. can see that. Even okay. Michael Parsons, I, I I didn't consider him an All Pro in the second half of the season either. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he disappeared in some games. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, he only had one pressure versus the Packers. He affects the game by getting double teamed, but he didn't make those impact plays that we see. Miles, it's not like yeah, Miles Garrett's not getting double teamed. TJ Watt's not getting double teamed. They make those plays. It seems like more often. That's just that's my fair. my personal I mean, take right now. That's no, fair. that's good. I mean, that, that it just it just extends the issue, which is more questions than answers. Because whenever you have a question, you want to have an answer. Mm-hmm. I don't see any good answers. I really don't. Because, again, you can't sell rebuild. You can't sell stay the course. I, I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. I mean, it's a, it's a challenge. I mean, like in Philadelphia, it might just be as simple as we're firing Nick Sirianni. He lost this locker room. Well, you can't, we're you, bringing in new leadership, and we're yeah. going to hire a new staff. You came off the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah, so it's, yeah you're it's, coming out of a different place. Yeah, it, it may be dire for you, but at least you're like, you know what? We, at least we, we experimented. We had an experiment, but we had success. With yeah, that experience, the, Cowboys have, the been, Cowboys have had no. They have, if you define success by getting to the NFC title game or Super Bowl, they have not got. They that. have not had any success with all of the experiments and all the different measures and the moves they've made. The Philadelphia Eagles, hell, man, they've 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 changed up. There. They've reinvented themselves as a franchise yeah, they, multiple they, times and still made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Cause I'm just maybe I'm thinking like what Jerry's going to say here because I've covered it for so long. You've been around it, Rod. He sells hope. He sells vision. He sells the the hope that it's going to get better. I don't know what he sells this time. I really don't. I really I'm anxious to hear it. I really am because I don't because uh, we we've all established the root cause is him, and him being the general manager and all those things. But he's not come out and say that. No. Um, now if he, I don't know, that's why I think maybe maybe he does. Maybe he says, you know, I'm going to hire a general manager finally. I'm 81 years old. Don't expect it. Rod, let's do one more behind the burn orange curtain here before we get to uh, what's popping for the top of the hour. And they were all asking themselves the same question: What? Is behind that curtain. All right, I'm actually going to start some sound that's not about Texas football because I wanted to play this sound before we run sure. out of time. Uh, this is actually about the Philadelphia Eagles. We've been talking about the beginning of their implosion as a team and when it started. Um, and you went back to uh, that 49er game where the 49ers just whipped the Eagles. Um, it seemed from that point on they were 10-2. and two. That was their second loss of the season. Uh, but they never recovered psychologically, never really mentally recovered. I sent Ty this sound. This is the sound of Nick Bosa. Now, this is after – 
they lost to the after the Eagles lost to the 49ers. And this is him uh, describing what he believes is the blueprint to beat the Eagles. Here's Nick Bosa. Yeah, I mean, you see it on tape, though. Uh, and then, obviously, we put the blueprint out there. Hopefully, the Cowboys watch the tape. Um, we made Jalen stay in the pocket and escape outside instead of those big gaps and uh, paid off. Because uh, Jalen's looking at the rush every play. Um, so, yeah, you just have to be disciplined and, and not give him that quick escape route where he could get to his guys quick. And it paid off. Boom. And that's the NFL in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. The one team will have – and we saw this against, against Texas too. I basically <laughs> would document it uh, for you guys versus Texas. Texas had a really good defense this year. But once you get through a 12-game sample, every team finding something, some new little concept to expose Texas with, hell, by the end of the season, you got a blueprint on how to beat a team. The NFL works a little faster. By the time when they got to week 12 or week 12 or 13, the 49ers had started a really good blueprint. And what did he say? We're going to clog up the inside gaps, and when Jalen Hurst wants to escape, he's going to escape to the outside. And then we at least know where he's going. So the unpredictability factor of his improvisation, it loses its unique strength because I know where he's going. He's going to spill to the outside. We got linebackers. They can run sideline to sideline. Right, and so I think it's kind of beginning. And what he said at the end, the end was key because I said this about Quinn Ewers and why Quinn needs to come back to school. This is the connection to the behind the burner's curtain. What have I said about Quinn? He he looks at the rush. He sees it when the pass rush or the blitz is in his face. He sees it. He looks right at it. You can't do it as a quarterback. If you look at the rush, you ain't looking at the route combinations downfield. You're not looking at your receivers downfield. You're looking at the rush. So I ain't got to worry about your first or your second or your third read. I ain't got to worry about your progression because I know if I put the blitz in your face, you're going to look at it. And who's the most blitz team in the NFL? The Eagles. The blueprint is clear. All right? You blitz him. You rush him. He will see the blitz and see the rush, and you ain't got to worry about the downfield progressions anymore. Done. Because once Jalen sees the rush, sees the blitz, then he's preoccupied. He's distracted. And they've said this before about, uh, about you know, Jalen Hurts and about the, the Eagles. He can't beat the blitz. It's one of the things that he's not really figured out yet as a quarterback. He can't beat the blitz, and the scheme doesn't have fail safes put in place to help him beat the blitz. He doesn't have a lot of hot routes. They don't have a lot of side adjustments for the blitz, which you think is crazy. They should have more screens in their uh, game plan because they're so bad against the blitz, but they do not, and they've been bad at it all year long. You combine their, inabil- in, uh, their inefficiency uh, and inability to be able to scheme ways to uh, conquer and overcome the blitz, combined with the fact that Jalen Hurts looks right at the blitz every time he sees the rush, and you combine that with the blueprint to make him escape outside when he doesn't have any options downfield, that's it, guys. That's why your offense looks like a high school, a bad high school offense, even though they're still running the same exact plays they ran last year. And then you don't have Jonathan Gannon or your Shane Steichens. You don't have those coordinators to help you make the adjustments, the proper adjustments to win the chess match within the game. Boom. So the blueprint against the Philadelphia Eagles was out there, and Nick Sirianni could never solve the problem to stop the downward spiral, even though everybody pretty much knew what it was schematically. Now, we don't know what it is in that locker room in terms of the camaraderie of the group, but schematically, we know what went down, and we know Nick Sirianni couldn't fix it. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest problem. get fired. Yeah. Or, you know, if you don't want to go that route, he's 25-9 and nine as a coach, but still, uh, 
force him to hire a new offensive coordinator, help him find a new offensive coordinator that can yep. solve that problem. Uh, unless he's lost the locker room and their trust completely, Could which be. is possible. But it's great stuff. I remember when you, you, you playing that Nick Boza sound, or we played it the morning after it happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that coincides with their plummet. Uh, to your point, Rod, that the, listen to Nick Boza. Hopefully – The Cowboys <laughs> watching the film. I'll it. tell you how to beat them. And what the Cowboys do. They followed it. They watched the film. And they everybody. Did. Uh, everybody. <laughs> and, yeah, that's yeah. when the offense ground to a halt. And uh, – you know, now they've got to overhaul it. But here's what you'll say for Jalen Hurts. This is the progression of a quarterback. Can he go to work this offseason and getting better at those things? Exactly. Because he knows it's now the book. Great I mean, that's, point. That's the, that's the, yeah. I mean, that's the story of a professional. I mean, you've been figured out. How do you – can you evolve beyond it? That's exactly right. I mean, that's just – if he doesn't, he's going to be a bad quarterback and they're going to have made a bad contract if he'll work at it like he did his passing. We've seen him overcome some of the – from a guy who yeah. wasn't a good thrower to a good thrower. Yep. Now can you overcome this? And this is this is, and that's where I'm kind of at with Dak Prescott. Back to him. I mean, Jalen Hurts is still 25 years old and young, uh, and has already been to a Super Bowl. Dak just seems like the same guy. I know he was better this year, but when it mattered, he just seemed like the same guy. I agree with that. And somebody said, uh, remind me again how many points Dan Quinn's defense gave up. Well, let me say this. Yeah, My point did. was, go take the net last four playoff losses. Dan Quinn's defense has played good enough to win three of them, and had one bad game. Mm -hmm. Dak's not played good enough to win any of them. Any of them. And the offense hasn't been good enough to win any of them. That's 0 for 4. Yeah. So I'll give Dan Quinn some slack because ben yeah. at least in three of the four games, his defense played good. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, 2018 was not his defense. But the, the three of the – I mean, two of the last three, he gave you a chance. So I'm not forgiving – I wouldn't forgive Dan Quinn for the performance and his uh, his team on – and as you said yesterday, he, he was probably looking at the Seattle job. Seems like that. Might have had one foot out the door. Mm, that's how they played like it. They did. And uh, that's a problem, but we'll see. The Seahawks did request to interview Dan Quinn yesterday along with some other folks, so we'll keep an eye on that story. The Belichick story, he had an interview with the Falcons. Uh, what's the, we got a Jim Harbaugh story we'll get to coming up and what's popping. Uh, legal action being taken by the Jim Harbaugh camp. We'll get you details on that coming next on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that like Stockton. Just joshing. I'm gonna spend this holiday locked in. All right, what's poppin'? No, uh, no football tonight, Rod. No football. Sad, sad state of affairs. Sad, sad situation. I know. Mm -hmm. There is plenty of college basketball. Texas women in action tonight down at Moody Center. Texas men will get back to action tomorrow night. After that, we didn't talk much about it because we're talking so much Texas football and the NFL. But that Texas loss at West Virginia on Saturday was not popping. Let's just say that that was mm -mm. not popping. That was a game where, going into that game, Rod, the uh, Mountaineers were five and twelve. For wow. the season. That's crazy. That's a game you can't lose. Mm -mm. And in the game, the Longhorns turned the ball over 22 times in Morgantown. They fouled. Yeah. How about this? And I know, you know Longhorn fans will talk about the officiating. I'm not a fan of the, uh, the Longhorns on-ball defense. Against the Mountaineers, they were whistled for 41 fouls. Mm. So they were in foul trouble. And uh, West Virginia made 27 free throws, which was a big problem. That's not a very good West Virginia team, but they beat you. Uh, and you were a big part of the problem. They'll play UCF Central Florida coming up on uh, Wednesday night. And, of course, Central Florida to beat Kansas in their first Big 12 game. So there are no nights off in the Big 12. We know that very, very well. 
Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Texas, they haven't found their identity yet as a squad. They don't have a brand of basketball they play, really. Man, they have Max Aceman, who scored 32 in that West He's Virginia a game. No, he can score. He's and a Dylan bucket. DeSue. And Dylan is one of the best players in the country. And he got in foul trouble in that game. Yeah. There were a couple of ticky-tack fouls that I know Rodney Terry was not happy with that put his big man in foul trouble. But either way, in college basketball, I think we learned this from Chris Beard and I think good coaches, your identity has to be defense to begin with. Mm-hmm. you got to get stops. you got to be able – in this league, got to be able to play defense at a high level. So we'll see. The Texas women do play tonight against Kansas. They will have their ML Day, MLK Day recognition event tonight for the Texas women. They lost a tough one to K-State. K-State's one of the best defensive teams in the country. They lost at Manhattan. That one's excusable for Vic Schaefer in my mind because it's they're number 12 in the country, and you're in their building, and you lost by three. Um, the West Virginia loss for Rodney Terry, that one's concerning, much like the Texas Tech game to start conference. And in between that, you beat Cincinnati. Yeah. So, so you show, yeah, exactly. You've shown your promise. Yeah, you got it you there. the upside. But, man, the Big 12, you just can't afford to have lapses. There's no, you know, there's no time to relax well, at all. It just reminds me of the old adage, you know, defense doesn't take a night off, right? If defense is your calling card. You'll be in every game. You'll be in every then game. Then you'll find a way to win it in clutch time. Yeah. But it's hard to play. Yeah, it's hard to play elite-level offense, high-level offense every night in a, in a conference like the Big 12. Defense travels, like you said. Defense, a lot of it is effort. Um, and if Texas can have the defensive effort and execution, they'll be in the games. And then your guys like Dylan DeSue, uh, Max Aspen, they, they can they can you know win the game late in clutch time for you. That's what you need. Yeah, and my concern is that they don't have really great defenders. Uh, so it's hard to be a great defensive team without great defenders. But we'll see. Uh, work in progress, long season. Heck, uh, University of Houston, they're finding out life in the Big 12. They've lost back-to-back games in the Big 12. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were number two in the That's country true. and undefeated and lost at Ames, Iowa, and then lost at TCU. So they're one and two. Texas is one and two. You know, it's just that's life in the Big 12. Good luck. exactly what it is. Hey, uh, also tonight TNT has the NBA doubleheader. Denver's at Philadelphia, which should be a good game. That's TNT. And then Oklahoma City is at uh, L.A. Clippers. That's the night game, the doubleheader on TNT. Hey, Rod, did you see? This is kind of popping. See where Bill Belichick had his interview with Arthur Blank yesterday? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. The super yacht? Oh, it was on a super yacht? <laughs> That's what it says here. What the, there's a tweet that says, what does it mean when Bill Belichick boards the Falcons owner's yacht? That's my thing. Was, do we really think Bill Belichick cares about stuff like that? That's not what Bill Belichick cares about. Well, that's where that's where apparently Arthur Blank wanted to have the uh, interview. I know. It's like Bill Belichick don't give a damn about hanging out on the yacht. Like that's the kind of not the kind of stuff I think he cares about. I know he likes to go fishing and stuff like that, but I don't know if he cares about the super yacht stuff. Well, that apparently like Jerry Jones has his own, you know, Bravo Eugenia super yacht. Arthur Blank's looks a lot like his. Oh, I could believe it. Mm-hmm. I could believe it. Yeah, I could believe. It. I mean, yeah, no doubt. I mean, these guys probably own islands and all kind of stuff like all that. All kind of stuff. But yeah, for Bill Belichick, I think Bill Belichick wants to know about the football. <laughs> he wants to know about the football because he's trying to break Don Shula's record. He's like, "Nigga, I'm trying to come here and I need to win what 16 games or something in two years. Is what I need to do." Yeah, right? a lot of then young talent retire. in Atlanta. Bijan Robinson is there. Kyle Pitts, some decent Drake defensive London. players. We'll see. They got we'll one see. of the better old lines in the NFL too. I mean, Arthur Smith left him. I mean, the, the cake is baked, Belichick. <laughs> As Charlie Strong once told Tom Herman, the cake is baked. Need a quarterback. You just got to put some frosting on it. And get a quarterback. And get a QB. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Uh, what does this tell you and what's popping, Rod? Jim Harbaugh, this is according to Yahoo's Dan Wetzel. Okay. Jim Harbaugh remains engaged in discussions with Michigan about a contract extension that could include some unusual termination clauses. Harbaugh is seeking immunity from termination stemming from any findings of, or sanction that could result from multiple ongoing NCAA investigations mm. before he signs the contract. So he wants the university to put it in writing that if the NCAA hammers him, you can't fire me for cause. 
Uh, well, I think they would be willing to do that. Michigan would be willing to do that. He's reportedly also hoping for a stipulation that prohibits athletic warrant Wade Manuel from firing him for cause with the power of that decision instead lying with a three-member arbitration panel. Okay. That so would determine plead his case. Yes. So somewhere he can plead his case. Okay. The, the termination language is a the final sticking point to the extension. The 60-year-old is reportedly aiming to delay the start of a possible new agreement until February 15th in order to lower the buyout for interested NFL teams. Oh. So it still feels like he's off to the NFL. He's kind of stalling. Buyout. Sounds like he's stalling on the new agreement with the Michigan Wolverines because they want an answer because they need to know. Yeah, just go to the league, Jim. Just go. Why? I'm trying to make things difficult. Just go to the league. Just tell him you're going back. He's trying to use him as negotiation so he can get more money from the league. All right, based on the And you can understand Michigan going, yo, we need to know. on the table here. And we need to know because we got to go find another coach if you're leaving. Yes. All right, but I think he wants to leave them with no choice but to hire his boy. Sharon Wright. Yeah, he's like, if I leave y'all with no other, no time to find a coach, then you got to hire my recommendation. So that's what I think he's doing too. Yeah, Take your time, Jimbo. Take your time. That's right. We, we put the facts out there, try to figure them out for mm-hmm. you and for yourself. But uh, you make the call. Jim Harbaugh been purportedly interviewing with the Chargers this Chess week. Chess not checkers, man. Rod, have a great one, my you too, friend. Brother. Every hour podcast at hornfm.com. Ty, great stuff as always. We'll do it again on a Wednesday.